Mseches Peh, Perk Ches, Mishnah Zayin. This is a very fascinating and fundamental Mishnah that discusses the obligations of a community to support its poor people and the poor people passing through its town. The Mishnah begins by saying, If one has a poor person passing through town, one may not provide him with less than This phrase confounds lots of people who have learned the Mishnah many times. Let's put it aside for a second. I'll come back to it at the end of the Mishnah. It simply means he's given enough bread that he can have two meals. That's what, that's what the words mean, ultimately. As far as the math, uh, to get there, I will come back at the end of the Mishnah. So, But the Mishnah's first point, there are a number of points in the Mishnah. The first point is, if there is an itinerant poor person passing through town, one must provide him, the city must provide him with bread, enough bread for two meals. Lan says the Mishnah, if that poor person isn't just passing through, but he plans on staying for the night, then it's an obligation on the community to provide him not just with food, but also nos no parnasas lina. They must provide him also with his parnasa, you see, doesn't just mean food. Here it means um, all his material requirements. So the requirements he has for lina, for staying overnight, the word lina, staying overnight, which would mean in addition to food, uh, of the loaf of bread for two meals, he must also be provided with a place to sleep, and bedding. Shabbos, if he stays not just overnight, but he stays for a particular Shabbos, so then, nos no mazon shalosh suudos. In addition um, to the usual two meals out of bread, in addition to a place to sleep, he must be provided with enough to have food for three meals. There's an obligation uh, to have three meals on Shabbos, of course, so therefore he must have food for all three Shabbos meals. Um, you see here that the word transitioned from simply being a loaf of bread with a specific measure to being mazon, food in general. Tosefta says he also gets uh, fish and vegetables, of course, because it's Shabbos. He has to have more than just plain bread for Shabbos, and therefore have three meals for his Shabbos meals. Now, the Mishnah continues on by discussing um, the various institutions that communities had in the time of the Mishnah uh, to support uh, people. There were two separate institutions. One's called the Kupa, and one's called the Tamchui. The Kupa was there uh, to take care of the local poor, and the Tamchui was there to take care of people who were just passing through, um, who were, had immediate needs. So the Kupa is a financial collection. It happens once a week. Once a week on a Friday, there'll be a collection of money that goes to the Kupa. Kupa literally means box. And with those monies, uh, the needs of the local poor were taken care of. And as for the tamchui, that would, which means like a tray or a plate. So the tamchui was a plate that was passed around at Shachra's time, and food, readily eaten food, was put on that plate and given um, to the people passing through the city. So tamchui for people who are hungry today, kupa for people who have ongoing financial needs. The Mishnah says, therefore, if someone has enough food for two meals, so his needs for today are being met in terms of food needs. Lo yitol min He has no permission to take from the tamchui, from that tray that was passed around, and with readily eaten foods, because that's for people who are, have not enough food for today itself. Mazun arbaasra sudos. If he has food for 14 meals, meaning a whole week's worth of meals, lo yitol min Then he has no right to take from the kupa. Uh, the idea here being, of course, that he's taking care of for the whole week, so the kupa is not for him. If you make a cheshbon and think, wait a second, if you have two meals every day and three meals on Shabbos, that's 15 meals, not 14 meals. So the answer is that um, 
you could have two meals on a Friday, you know, one Friday morning and one Friday evening, Leil Shabbos, that's your first Shabbos meal. And then on Saturday, you could have two meals, but one would be Saturday morning, that's your Shabbos day meal, and one would be Saturday afternoon, that would be your Shalashudas, your third meal on Shabbos, and you wouldn't eat another meal on Moti Shabbos. Um, you see from here um, that the obligation from Lava Malka is certainly not as strict as the other the other sudas. And in fact, the community has an obligation to provide from Lava Malka for a person who is too poor to afford for his own. The Mishnah continues on by saying, "Hakupa nigbes b'shnayim umitchalaket b'shlosha." The kupa, remember, that was the box that was a money collection. That is to say, the community effectively collected a tax on each of the residents to get money to provide for the resident poor of that city. And in so doing, essentially, what you've done is you you have to assess. Um, how much people can give and how much people are to receive. Now, the amount that people give, essentially the people empowered by the city's officials to collect the kupa, they were in a makam srara, a position of authority, and they actually were authorized to confiscate possessions of families who didn't give money to the kupa in the amount that the city officials um, deemed was appropriate for their given level of wealth. And there's a rule that in Makam Srara, position of authority, it says the mission Shkalim, the fifth parak Mishnah base, uh, can't be on a single person, but rather must be divided amongst two people to avoid one person having power over another and exerting that power in an um, unjudicious, you know, capricious fashion. And therefore, the rule is when it comes to uh, position of authority, Srara, there must be two people who work together, putting each person in check. Um, to limit the amount or hopefully prevent any um, injustices um, or, you know, extortion or exertion of power. So that's why you need to have two people um, when you do the collection for the kupa. Now, as far as the distribution of the kupa, so there it's made as a judgment call to each recipient based on his family and what his family's needs are. And therefore, essentially, it's like a, almost like a mini bezin that's being set up to size up and determine the needs of this particular family. And that isn't done by an individual, it's done by a bezin. And a bezin requires uh, a minimum of three. And therefore the Mishnah says, Hakupa nigbis bishnayim, the collection for the kupa done on that Friday morning, the cash collection done by city officials actually levying a, essentially a tax on the various residents of the city must be done with two people. That way there's no one person who can exercise inordinate or unfair power. Um, and it's distributed with three people because, again, the people who are doing the distributing will size up the needs of the particular family, and that's a function of a bezin, which requires three. Now, we're going to go back in the Mishnah to that one line, which uh, is really mathematical in nature. It's not that difficult, um, but hopefully we'll get it once and for all clear, and you'll feel great about it. So here's how it goes. The Mishnah said from the beginning again, when you have an itinerant poor person passing through your town, you can't give them less than, and the meaning of this phrase is, enough bread for two meals. Now, here the Mishnah's literal words say, mikikar, a loaf of bread, befundion, that costs one pundion, me'arba san besela, at a time when four sa'a of flour costs one sela, coin. Okay, 
So that sounds very complicated. It's not that complicated. Here we go. And I'm going to attach a picture so you'll make sense of it and you're going to feel good about having this piece of the Mishnah down. We learned a couple Mishnahs ago that the amount of flour you give as Maestro Ani, if it's wheat flour, to a poor person so that he should have enough flour to make a loaf of bread that will satisfy him for two meals is one half of a kav of wheat flour. And we said a kav, if you just want to imagine it, is about two liters. So a half a kav is basically one liter of wheat kernels. Um, but when you actually process the wheat kernels, of course, that's a lot of work. You got to grind them, you got to sift them, etc., etc., to make the flour. Um, and you lose a lot of, of the bulk when you do the you know, the grinding, the sifting to get the bran out, etc. So it turns out, it will turn out, that a half of a kav of wheat kernels will produce roughly a quarter of a kav, and 50% goes to waste, a quarter of a kav of flour. Okay? So a quarter of a kav of flour uh, is what's required to produce the bread that will satisfy one person for two meals. Okay. So now we have to figure out the cost of one quarter cob of flour. Okay, so we have, the Mishnah says it's when four sa'a of flour cost one sella. Let's break that down. Four sa'a, there are six cob in one saw. Again, we imagine a cob is a two-liter bottle. A saw is a six-pack of two-liter bottles. Um, so if you have four saw, and each saw has six kaben, you'll have a total of 24 kaben, 24 kav, in four saw. Now, if you now consider the sella part of it, so for, we can translate, we can say four saw is equivalent to 24 kav. As far as a sella goes, that's the amount that these 24 kav will cost. So in each sella, there are four shekel, and in each shekel, there are six ma'a. So that means there's four times six is 24 ma'ot in a sela. And there's two pundion in every ma'a. So that means there's 48 pundion in one sela. Therefore, the Mishnah says, you're going to give a pundion loaf of bread when flour costs four sa'a per sela, which is the same as saying 24 kav per 48 pundion. So if 24 kav costs 48 pundion, one kav costs two pundion, and half a kav of flour costs one pundion. Okay? And we said that half a kav of flour is the equivalent of two meals. Now, in value, we said half a cob of wheat kernels is, in the two minutes ago, half a cob of wheat kernels is enough for two meals. Um, but you can exchange those those wheat kernels, if you're going to turn them into flour, you have to grind them down. Okay? And if you grind them down, you're ending up with not half a cob, but a quarter of a cob. A quarter of a cob of flour. So we're saying now, that the cost of the materials of a quarter cob of flour is half a pundion. Because you said that half a cob is one pundion. So a quarter cob is half a pundion. 
But remember, just because you have a quarter cup of flour, which is what you need to make the, the loaf of bread for two meals, and you can buy that for half a punyan, you still have to pay someone through the labor of grinding and sifting, etc. And that also costs half a punyan. So the amount of bread that it takes to feed a person for two meals costs a whole pundion. Half of the cost is labor and half of the cost is material. So it will come out then that one loaf of bread for two meals contains a quarter cup of flour, which costs half a pundion. And that quarter cup of flour started out as a half a cup of wheat kernels that had to be processed grinding, sifting, uh, kneading, etc., baking, and that also costs half a pundion. So the total cost of one loaf of bread for two meals will be one pundion, assuming that flour costs um, four sa per cella. Okay? The picture below, I'm going to attach here, hopefully will we'll, uh, clarify it further. And uh, again, when the, the dust settles, no pun intended, of flour dust. Um, it will come out then that we're saying that an itinerant poor person passing through town should receive no less than enough bread for two meals. Um, and then the rest just becomes the math to figure out how, how that works out.